The Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And as always, it's all good, baby, baby. Oh, it was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I'm your host, Chase Sussums, the Wolf of Oakland. And I'm just not even going to call him a guest. I'm just going to call him, like, I mean, it's like an Irish flop house around here. Just guys <laughs> hanging out all over the just shooting, shooting dice in the corner, putting his feet on my couch. Mr. Matthew DeSantis. What's up, buddy? Hey, not much. Good to be here as always. And uh, look forward to talking to you about a fun sequence of Keeneland on Saturday. And, uh, you know, it means that uh, Breeders' Cup is right around the corner, too. So it's an exciting time. It feels like it just, you know, after last weekend, the preps are all over and it's time to roll. And we're getting down that home stretch. So it's exciting. Yeah, it's the we're all we're what, like, I don't know. We're recording this on the 13th factor in that I can't math. I'll say 50, 20-ish days away, roughly, from the yeah. Breeders' Cup. Uh, was it the, the 6th of uh, of November is the Classic at Keeneland, as you mentioned. So, I mean, about to be paying a lot of attention to Keeneland, of course. All right, so before we get into horses, uh, I mean, I said it last time you were here. I'm going to say it again. Fly, Eagles, fly. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's a... It's a great week to be a Philadelphia sports fan. You got the Phillies and the NLDS uh, playing the the Braves. They're going home. They're going to be playing at Citizens Bank Park on Friday, uh, Thursday and Friday, if I'm not mistaken, or no, Friday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you got the Eagles playing the Cowboys Sunday night football. Uh, there is going to be a lot of beer ingested in uh, imbibed in Philadelphia. And they're, it's too bad there won't be snowballs to throw at people, but uh, I'm sure they'll come up with something. Uh, to chuck at Cowboys fans, and it's going to be uh, a glorious, glorious time. And uh, yeah, you have to capture these moments when they come around because they don't come around often in Philadelphia sports. So when teams are doing well, you know, Eagles are five and zero, Phillies are in the NLDS. Fl- uh, you know, the the Flyers are terrible, but you know, the Sixers yeah. are just starting their season off and should be a pretty good team again. So exciting time to be following the Phillies. Temple exists. That'd be the best way to put it. <laughs> LaSalle is a, a university. Yeah. I mean, there's. <laughs> so when I, when I say this, keep in mind, it's coming from a place of love, Matthew, because I, I, on draft night, I was like, that's, this is it. Like the, if there was any good time to drop like an Eagles futures ticket for the Super Bowl to win the NFC East, this is it. Like they're, they're going to be stacked. So remember, I'm very much on your side when I say this. Hmm. I kind of really want you to lose to the Cowboys so that Philadelphia fandom is in like it's full froth, like completely mm. just like, you know, I'm not talking to you, you know, I, I know you guys get a bad rap, but I feel like you're at your best when you're your most pissed off. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. That's when our true colors come through. And that's when we are absolutely at our best on the national stage uh, is just booing the hell out of our home team. Uh, just apoplectic the day after on sports talk radio, WIP, uh, and, uh, WFAN. And so all, yeah, all the good stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, 
listen, I, I, I always tell the story when Andy Reid took over and he took over when the Eagles were pretty far down and, you know, after the Ray Rhodes era and a little, he tells a story about a little old lady coming up to him at the McDonald's. And she said, coach, I just have one piece of advice for you. And he said, what's that? And she goes, beat the fucking Cowboys. And so that's really what it usually comes down to is like the Eagles could be two. And now we play 17 games. So two and 15, as long as those two wins are over the Cowboys, it is a successful season in Philadelphia and nobody is going to get fired. Um, but you I could like be to, 15 and two and lose to the Cowboys twice. And people are going to be hemming and hawing all off season. I like to imagine her saying that and then casually pouring a pint of vodka into her wood or ice from the Wawa. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, is, are you, are you like super excited for the breeders cup? Like I know some people I just am. absolutely, some people love the weekend. Some people absolutely hate the weekend. Like what's your really? Deal? So that's interesting to me. I, I love the weekend. I love seeing best against best. I love seeing the matchups. I love trying to figure out the calculus behind a lot of these races. They're not easy to handicap. I think that's what is challenging for some people is that on its face, sometimes the races look easy, but when you start breaking inside the numbers, a lot of these pace, a lot of these races become pace compromised and that opens things up to horses that you might not normally consider. I mean, we saw that last year with a horse like Marche Lorraine, uh, you know, that could just came from the clouds because the pace was so insane in that distaff. So uh, you even saw that with uh, Gamine getting kind of upset last year as well by, by yeah. CC. And so, uh, you know, it's it, you see these this episode of, brought to you by Salon Paz, uh, lidocaine <laughs> patches, by the way. <laughs> and so, gotta slip that in there when you can. Yep. And uh, but I love it. I mean, and if for no other reason, I'm excited to see what the classic's gonna be. I, I just think Flightline is gonna do something special, and I, I'm a big fan of watching history happen, yeah. And I think we're gonna watch history happen, and that's it's, exciting. So, fu- so fucking what if it's a, gonna be a terrible betting race? I, I also think yeah. it's shaping up to be a, a fairly salty classic with horses like Life is Good in there, who you have like a horse that's an absolute speedster on the front, never been beaten to the spot, elite gate speed. Um, and you know, it, I, I still think Flight Line wins though, but it makes the doing something historic, you know, look a little bit better. Uh, whenever it actually happens, when he beats this yeah. field by, you know, 12 lengths or more, it, it's, it's more, you know, it, it's more notable, I'd say. And I, 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 I agree. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I'll say, uh, I might be thinking of just one specific, uh, person, my friend, sweet, sassy, John Massey. He's the one who absolutely hates breeders cup weekend. His gripe is mainly, uh, he just doesn't like the celebration of the breeding industry. He's, oh, he's I get that. There, He's yeah. got qualms. He's got qualms. A lot of yeah. it has to do with, you know, taking horses out of rotation a little yes. bit early and breeding them early and, you know, maybe breeding unsound horses because of it. And I actually, yeah. I, I like a, an event that's just Breeders' Cup adjacent that happens on the same day as the Breeders' Cup, not the same track. I always call it Kendrick Carmouche Appreciation Day at Aqueduct. <laughs> well, he just fucking throws down, man. Like it is, it is his day. He gets yeah, like is. eight wins in. It's a beautiful thing. We we love Gator around here, right? We do. That's fantastic. But yeah, you're. Uh, I mean, it is. Uh, you're right about. You know, life is good going to the classic. Going to make it a little bit more legitimate. And and it, you know, I know we snuck in a little joke about him, but I respect the fact that it looks like Baffert's going to send kind of his whole tribe to 
the classic as well between defunded who won the win and you're in uh, Taba and country grammar and just go, listen, I'm throwing my best at you and let's see what happens. And, and I think that to your point, it makes it more legitimate if there's eight or nine grade one horses that are in that race and, and he beats them by 12 lengths and you go, holy, you know, my gosh, that's something else. Yeah. Taba, Taba and defended might be, uh, the ultimate just watch out for this horse because how many times have we seen this story with horses that Bob doesn't look like he has a chance with all of a sudden he, <laughs> sends, he sends them to the classic and they they run a hole through the wind like they yep. hit 88 miles per hour leave two <laughs> flaming hoof tracks and they're back to 1950s I think California um <laughs> all right on that note as I butcher the plot line of back to the future we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into Keeneland. It's where they're having the Breeders' Cup. So time to start focusing on it, learning the track. We're going to take a look at the Saturday Late Pick 5 when we return. We'll be right back. Thinking of joining WinBet? Well, now's the perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. Plus, the WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. And while you're doing that, you can look to join the WinBet Biggest Winners Club. Whoever hits the biggest parlay on WinBet odds-wise gets a $100 free bet. Last week, someone turned $6 into $4,000, plus they got the $100 free bet. WinBet, truly hashtag DGENs only. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. And that's so they know we send you at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present the state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the Notorious OTB. And as a reminder, it is October and it means we're celebrating the month of Poppin' Locktober. Now just hit me. As as always, there's a standing invitation to my guests to join me on my Pop and Lock crew, the Heather Pop and Lock Leers. Uh, no one has taken me up on it yet, strangely. Uh, do you pop it and lock it? I I do like to cut a rug. I'm a big fan of dancing uh, of, of a number of different varieties, from ballroom dancing to, uh, you know, to, yeah, uh, pop and locking to just, you know, dancing to pop music i love dancing so i'm a fan i would join you in this crusade all right all right that's uh if we can pull off the move called the puppet where you stand above me in a chair and just kind of look like you're working me like a marionette while i I like it it. yeah it's it's the move right there funny you said ballroom i I had to go to cotillion when i was a kid do they oh yeah they have have cotillion in in, in pennsylvania they don't have that (laughs) not not a lot of girls in ballroom dresses wearing white gloves on a friday night no, there's yeah. none of that in Reading, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I had a warped perception of shit whenever I grew up. I was like, where are all the white gloves? What is happening? Why is no one doing the jitterbug right now? Anyway, we are talking about the late pick five at Keeneland this Saturday. That's Saturday, the 15th of October, year of our Lord, 2022. This one starts race six, post time 340 Eastern, 240 God's time. Kicks off with an eight and a half furlong. $100,000 maiden special weight. It's for Phillies and Mares, three years old and up, race six. Now, something that stays pretty consistent. There are a few tracks that have very consistent 
track biases that don't really change. A lot of people can point to the rail at Aqueduct. Uh, I can think of like little smaller tracks, like the outside of Prairie Meadows, things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, Keeneland, the main track, has always had just like a, a crazy early speed bias. Uh, is that something that you tried to key into here? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, in, in this particular uh, race, not only does the track set up well for it, this field sets up very well, I think, for the only lone speed, uh, which is the seven, Sunny River. Uh, this is a horse that is, you clearly has the best early speed out of all the horses in the field. It should be pointed out, this horse also, even though we're talking about a maiden special weight, has crossed the finish line first before uh, and was just DQ'd. And if you go back and look at that trip, it was a wire-to-wire trip. And that is exactly the sort of trip that I think she's going to make for herself here is that nobody else is within about, I want to say with like when nobody's within 15 points of her in terms of us time form, early pace indicators. So she should be not only on the lead, but like completely unbothered on the lead. And I, I just think that it's race sets up so nicely for, uh, uh, for her. And I, you know, granted she's a morning line favorite at eight to five. So it's a little chalky, but if you're talking about a pick sequence where there's some variability, I know you and I probably are not going to single, but I wouldn't be upset if somebody singled in this spot and, and tried to spread in a few other races to try to hit this sequence. Yeah, I, it's hard for me to to single in this sort of race, though I will say that Sunny River is, is definitely probably worth the single. Uh, if I'm going to try to beat that, which by the way, Judmont for Brad Cox in Kentucky <laughs> at, at Keeneland, the home of, you know, breeding and auctions. I mean, that pretty notable but uh if i am going to try to beat this horse with a win bet and we'll probably use it in my uh in my uh you know horizontals uh is going to be the three fine cotton uh for neil pesson with uh, i love this kid ray lou you're uh, ray lou fan love ray i lou. love ray lou love ray lou yeah ray i try so hard every single time uh you know it's crazy he doesn't get the weight breaks anymore which is something that i really loved about ray lou but he's another one that should be up towards the front you mentioned the time form pace figures i always just try to go straight by one data source by one source of truth and if you look at it it actually has fine cotton with their e1 pace figure as being a little bit faster than sunny river now there's probably a lot going on there as to the variation of that number do i necessarily trust it i mean not necessarily but it's worth it's worth noting worth pointing out that things change between data sources but uh yeah. yeah fine cotton being drawn on the inside i thought might play you know to the horse's advantage uh curlin baby love love me some curlin babies and i mean has has run pretty convincing races just uh hadn't gotten home yet typically this would be a horse that i wouldn't look at because it's past the 10 race threshold and it's still yeah. a maiden but when I do look at these horses, it's usually because I feel like they've got some sort of edge, this being sort of like an early pace uh, inside drawn kind of, kind of play. But if I'm going horizontal here, I'm using three horses. I'm using the three fine con- cotton, the four inventing who looks like it will stay very close to the pace. So if yeah. a horse can come off from not the lead, I like inventing. And then the seven sunny river. Yeah. I, 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 I kind of approached it in a very similar way. We ended up on just very slightly different horses. Um, but yeah, I, this is also not a race where I typically am going to single, although, like like you said earlier, I wouldn't be upset if somebody uh, decided to single on the Sunny River. But uh, 
the way I went was I also would include inventing here, the number four horse. Uh, I don't love the price at five to two because she finished behind the eight, who I'm going to get to in a second. Uh, but and it's certainly run against tougher, though, uh, as ran in the acorn. Todd Pletcher also should be pointed out has been on fire. Keeneland winning at 44% already at this meet. The other horse I would include is the number eight forever at all. Now this horse might have some hang, you know, three straight second place finishes, but best ride came with Ricardo Santana jr. Board Ricardo's back on board. You're getting a slight cutback. I think that actually might be beneficial and should just sit off the pace. And so I, I think we'll get the good trip. And so I'll probably go seven, four, eight, uh, from a horizontal standpoint in this one. I have a, a saying with Ricardo Santana Jr., which is no thinky, just righty. He can, when he starts trying to use his brain and powers of deduction, it is just, just go be an athlete, Ricardo. Get that horse into a drive. Get out, yep. get out in the front. Like when he's at, being aggressive and he's, you know, you know, hustling yep. out of the gate, that's, that's when he's at his best. When he's trying to get tactical, well, it's like Putin in Ukraine sometimes. <laughs> That's why, he's, that's why it's a good fit on echo zulu honestly i mean yeah. like just just go just don't think about it go <laughs> and yeah he does yeah. And no thinky right just cindy please <laughs> all right moving on we've got another tough main special weight in the second yeah. leg of the sequence race seven eight furlongs a hundred thousand dollar main special weights for two-year-olds this time and it's on the turf very light, lightly raced field but I like to see these races as just a fantastic opportunity to zig when everyone else might be zagging at, at a horse that's uh, that's taking a little bit of steam. Uh, where did you decide to go with this huge, very hard to suss out field? Yeah, this is a huge field. And so, you know, part of the reason I referenced singling in the first leg is because I could see people really needing to spread or really wanting to spread in this particular race. Uh, it is pretty wide open. I ultimately landed on the number four Worthington. This is a horse that ran really well at debut from a far outside post, but showed very good tactical speed, being able to break from the 11 hole in a 12 horse field and get up and sit second early. So this horse has speed to be able to make the right trip for itself. I like that a lot. Distance should be absolutely no limitation at all, stretching out a little bit. Uh, and this is another one I think, you know, you and I've talked about on air and off air, these Kentucky downshippers, you know, they're, they're good. And, and so coming in with, a, a, you know, after a good race at Kentucky downs, the works look really solid. Uh, looks like this horse came out of that race very fresh. So I like the four as my up top pick, uh, but there are some other prices that I really like underneath, but I know you like a pretty big price up top. So I'll let you talk about that. Yeah, I, I actually, with these races, I, I feel like sometimes the best thing to do can be to latch on to angles. Uh, for me, it's uh, equipment changes, weight mm -hmm. breaks, uh, mm -hmm. trouble at the gate last time, or just general troubled trips. Sometimes it could be a specific surface change. I've got back-to-back -back angles that I'm a little just pig boy bitch for. Uh, and that is, for one, this horse ran at Kentucky Downs. It doesn't matter where they finished at Kentucky Downs. It seems just how yeah. how they coming off the, the undulations. It, they seem to just explode their next time out. And then this horse shipped to Presque Isle Downs, the old PID, mm -hmm. and almost went wire to wire. Uh, and I definitely, definitely love me some horses coming off of all weather. I feel like they always get a little mm. bit of a pop up. So it's a little bit of a double thing. Plus you go back to its third, its first career start. It's only had three races trouble 
Boom. I think my mind is made up. You give me the three dust storm, which I haven't looked at the odds. If you've got the morning line odds, what, what did dust storm come up at? Dust storm, if I'm not mistaken, is 15 to one. Uh, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken and just looking at it right now, oh, I'm sorry, 12 to one on the morning line for dust storm. That feels pretty accurate, honestly. Yeah, no, it does. I think that's, that, that seems like a good price and Worthington, the horse I mentioned is seven to two is the second favorite. I will say there are some prices I like underneath. Uh, I like a horse Daryl's bolt number eight horse quite a bit. This is a horse. uh, This is more of a pedigree play. If you look, this the dam is producing 37% turf route winners. That's a percentage I tend to like. Uh, Bolt Doro babies have been running well. Also, the horse just had some gate issues last time. It was just a step slow at the start. But what I like about it is the trainer hasn't gone back and done another gate work. And, and to me, that shows a good sign that the, the trainer's not worried, that this was not something the horse had shown previously. It was just maybe a one-time fluke. We're not going to try to drill out of the gate all the time to try to correct this. This is not an issue. No alarm bells are going off. So that's a good thing. Um, I also really like the nine team leader. This is a Godolphin own and bred horse. Part of the reason I like it, you mentioned about, you know, looking for angles. Brendan Walsh and the blinkers on turf is an angle. I really like this is an angle that got Santon and new year's Eve to the winter circle in the same day at Churchill downs. If you remember in the spring. And so I really like that this is a Brendan Walsh horse getting the blinkers on. It's going to be more forwardly placed, switching surfaces, which I like. One of its siblings across uh, broke its maiden and Keeneland on the turf. So there's some pedigree there to suggest that uh, that the going on to turf is going to help the team leader. And then the final horse I'll mention underneath is actually in also eligible is the 14 Miranda's rights. Uh, if this is a horse that draws into the field, really like this horse as a horse actually beat my top pick last time out. Uh, I think you, four to one, you're getting a very honest price uh, on this horse. Going to need to work out a trip from the far outside post if he draws in, but numbers definitely perked up on turf after a first time on dirt. So he likes underneath the goat, the Godolphin horse go dolphin. Cause that's my dolphin. As I like to say, <laughs> uh, you, you mentioned a, a good couple of the ones I liked. I'm very spread out here. I believe I was five deep. So let me just go ahead and okay. throw out some ones that you didn't mention. Uh, the yeah. seven, uh, six missions. Uh, it's the only horse that's shown that it can, that it can really pass. I'm yeah. not sure how important that's going to be in this race, but, uh, when you look at what some of these other horses have done, I mean, they're not passing any horses. They look like they want to be forward the places. If this actually melts down, so a horse that can be a little bit tactical. Plus, like I said, Kentucky Downs shipper. Um, and then uh, the 11, Ashcroft. Um, my note here says, I'm unstable, not suicidal. I'm not going to leave out a Wesley Ward horse at Keeneland starting as a two-year-old because that just feels like I might as well just suck starting a nine millimeter, honestly, uh, because by that that ticket's going to be dead probably if i leave it off uh also i mean if we want to talk about a you know i like to think i'm in tune with the urban youths and i mean if we're talking attorney generals who who were in tune with the urban youth john ashcroft has to be the top of the list right right off the top of the yeah right off the tip of your tongue i mean of course john ashcroft uh you know you think about connecting with the youth of america that's that's the guy but I, uh i can't no, remember why he was singing all i remember is him let the eagle, eagle soar. soar yeah Something like that, but yeah, it was. Uh, oh yeah, no, those, those were those were sadly the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when politics. we thought that was the worst we could do? <laughs> yeah. So, not that bad in the grand scheme of things, it turns out. But uh, 
Yeah, Ashcroft, I just, it's one of those where if Miranda Wrights doesn't draw in, I probably will use Ashcroft. I, I don't know. I just, that horse struggle at four and a half furlongs is coming off a long layoff. I, I see all the stats that w- would suggest that this is foolish to pass over this horse, but I don't, I just don't know if I can get myself there. But Irat has been having a really good meet, so, you know, maybe so. But, uh, yeah, that was one where it was just like – I started lo- also looking at, like, calculating the price of my ticket. Just couldn't quite justify getting this one in. Totally understand. So I was five deep, Dust Storm, Worthington, Six Missions, Daryl's Bolt, and Ashcroft, the three, four, seven, eight, eleven. Matthew was Worthington, Daryl's Bolt, team leader, and Miranda writes. Uh, the fact that I think we were only on two, uh, two uh, you know – Horses concurrently is probably yeah. a good indication as to why we were extremely spread out there. Yeah. Well, we got to take a quick break. Get some ad reads in. We will be right back with more Notorious OTB. We're going to look at the rest of this late pick five at Keeneland for this Saturday. We will be right back. If you watch football, you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone plus games in 4K at no extra charge. Over 100 channels of live sports entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. Watching all your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favorite shows with the included cloud-based DVR. Plus, there's no contract, no commitment, and you can cancel it at any time. Right now, you can try Fubo TV free for seven days and get 50% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com SGP. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com SGP. Now, what is... Odds Trader. Odds Trader is just a one-stop shop. It's a place where you can compare odds from all the major sports books, and you can even compare the best promos, the best sign-up codes, all of that stuff. And then it's got some in- great in-app features like player statistics, key game statistics, injury reports, projected weather, all that stuff you need to know before you play fantasy, before you make a bet. So make sure you go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Odds Trader is the number one site for all your game day bets. Welcome back to the Notorious OTV brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast. We once again are looking at the late pick five for Saturday. We are on race eight. It's leg three of this pick five. If you missed the first two legs, there are all sorts of buttons that you can press on the screen of your device. And it will get you where you need to go to hear our picks for the earlier races. This is a six furlong, $110,000 allowance on winners of two lifetime. And I don't know about you, but, uh, uh yes, I'm, I'm saying I, I want to mingle. You want to mingle. Yeah. Now- oh, fair. Feel very mingly. I'm very singly also, but guess first, Matthew, what do you got, man? Well, I'm not singling, but I have a feeling we both like the same horse and it goes back to a jockey that we both like, which is, Mr. Ray Lou Gutierrez. And uh, so I think we both like the number one here. Ain't broke at four to one on the morning line. Uh, this is a horse that is the speed and is going to have to use that speed from the inside rail. I actually kind of sometimes like that when, when the speed horse is on the inside, because you know that they aren't going to think they are just going to have to send because that's nothing is the else only... for them to do. Just exactly. go straight, go straight, go fast. And, and so that's what the horse is going to do. And uh, I just, Ray Lou's, I want to shout out, Ray Lou gave a hell of a ride last weekend on a horse top gunner that went off at 13 to one and was in a stakes race. And that horse should have won. And that was not on Ray Lou, but that horse didn't win. That horse just started to tire and, and lug out. Uh, but he gave the absolute perfect ride in that in, a, in about a six furlong sprint too 
of sitting just off the speed of special reserve and then making a move. And, and so he's, he's a really good young jockey. And, and I just I have a lot of faith in him in this particular horse. So I, I really like the one up top. I will just very quickly mention the five and the six who are two horses. I like the five scenic masterpiece at three to one in the morning line. I really like Jonathan Wong quite a lot as a trainer. Uh, he's a West coast trainer. You see a lot of his horses out at golden gate a little bit in Southern California too. Interestingly, we've seen West Coast dirt spinners have success at Keeneland over the last two weekends. Senior Buscador and Slammed uh, both won winning your in races, uh, doing basically one turn sprints at uh, at Keeneland. So I think Scenic Masterpiece is a horse that's been keeping very good company as well. So definitely like that. And then the number six, uh, Your Socilia. Uh, this is a horse that's also stepping up from a maiden win, as is uh, our number one horse, Ain't Broke. Um, if you just cross out the routing attempt this horse has two races at six furlongs they both look really good should capitalize if the pace breaks down up front for some reason so i went one five six here yeah i my thought with this one was that it should be ain't broke alone out on the lead uh if i bet on anyone else to get out there and press them then i'm betting for what i wish what will happen as opposed to what i think will actually happen so that's why it became just a clear single for me with ain't broke yeah i love Raylu. i i think it's back to new year's eve at oaklawn Raylu mm. on the mary rose at 19 to 1 for me just get like he consistently just gets the job done at big prices for me uh but this looked like just clear cut Lone speed if no one presses. And if someone presses them, I think they're really just kind of taking their taking their well race life into their own hands here. But I, I'm so confident that not only am I singling in horizontals, I'm gonna go ahead, I'm gonna key this on top in an exacta, and I'm gonna use uh one of the horses that uh that Matthew just men- mentioned, the uh five uh scenic masterpiece, but I'm also going to use the uh the ooh, was it two? Yeah, the two underneath with it, which is cancel this. These feel like the horses that are going to be sitting like right off of that pace. And I just don't have any confidence in them to make up the ground to actually get into the picture, except for maybe rounding out the exacta. So I went ahead, went with that one over two, five, and then horizontal straight up single with the one. Now you got the main dish in the sequence race nine. The QE2, the Queen Elizabeth 2 Challenge Cup Stakes. It's $600,000. It's a grade one. It's on the turf. And let's go ahead and just pour out a sip of the Pimm's Cup for the Queen. I don't think we talked about this oh, yet. Yeah. R.I.P. Queen. You the realest to ever do it, fam. Um, she was yeah. a, And you know what I love about the Queen? Uh, she was just a horse girl who just had a really screwed up family that she had to deal with for the last 70 years. And that, that woman yeah. just wanted to hang out with horses. And, 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 and the country and her pedigree, if you will, her lineage just got in the way of that. And so it's, uh, it's too bad, but she was, you know, she was a great advocate for horse racing over there. And, uh, and, and so this is, you know, it is a loss to British horse racing, you know, and I mean, it, there was nothing better than at Royal Ascot to look at the, you know, ownership and just see, you know, her majesty, you know, yeah. and so it, it, it was great to look at the PPs just see the queen and i was like oh all right cool (laughs) jockeys dress like disney princes with their with their silks with like the bars across it and everything what i will seriously miss is the um (laughs) what color will the queen's hat be on on ask it prop bets that that some sports books would give i started looking for what color will king charles uh you know his hat be uh but apparently they don't think he's going to be wearing a church crown like a like the qe2 (laughs) would do um 
this is a really interesting race. It is. I say that about every race probably, but to me, the thing that really makes this one stand out is the fact that it's extremely wide open. And the reason is that there is an extremely muddled pace scenario here. I, I give $10 to the person who actually tells me who's going to be on the lead and uh, we'll see. We'll see what's going to go, but it looks pretty muddled. It's like some cucumber and basil in one of the Queens cocktails just muddled up at the bottom. What did you think with this race? Yeah, I, I, I like you, this was a tough one to really start narrowing down, but ultimately I ended up singling a horse and you know, it was just, I think you have to, you have to pick a leg in this sequence to single. I, I think you just have to, you know, whether that was the first leg, you did it in the last one. I'm doing it here. Ultimately, I ended up going with McCulloch, uh, who's the morning line favorite, a number six horse, even money uh, currently. And uh, this is a horse I just think has the class and has, you know, won two of the last three times out, one at a grade one, one at a grade three, it has never finished out of the money in its seven career races. I, I also actually kind of like that this is a smaller field. And I tend to like that for horses that aren't going to be coming from so far back uh, or that, that have the, you know, if this was a 10 horse field, I'd be more worried or a 12 horse field. The yeah. fact it's a seven horse field, I actually like, cause McCulloch's not going to be that far back as a result. And right. when he, and when he turned, when she turns on that turn of foot, that's really impressive, I think. And so ultimately I want McCulloch, uh, which is of course the Chad Brown on turf, not a very original angle. Uh, Chad and I rat are winning at a 31% clip at Keeneland so far this meet. Um, but uh, that's where I went. But I have a feeling you might have, again, zagged where I'm zigging and uh, or zigged where I zagged and uh, went with another Chad Brown horse. Yeah, I listen, if it's the other Chad Brown, it's me. Like <laughs> if this horse wins and I didn't take the other Chad Brown, then I have friends who will make fun of me. I have family who will never talk to me again. I went with the two Gina Romanica. I thought that this there's a chance that this horse could push for the lead, get out in front and try to control things because when the pace is so muddled, when it looks, when it's one of my moonwalk races, I call them that because it looks like no one wants to lead. And when the gates open, they're all just going to start tiptoeing backwards because they don't want to be out on front. Uh, I, I want the horse that's going to assert itself. That's going to take the lead, control the pace. I think that might be Gina Romanica. I mean, you see a little bit of kind of, uh, you know, team tactics with chad sometimes it feels like you do that's true uh and i, I could easily see maybe gina romantic romantica getting out there and really pressing it trying to set up mcculic and maybe the horse just keeps going uh distance is a little bit of a concern but with an aggressive ride i mean would be able to regulate the energy distribution and maybe try to keep it you know keep it out there the, on the front the entire way um i wasn't bold enough to single of course but i was bold enough to throw out mcculic and taken mm -hmm. another horse uh, in the horizontal here, which was the seven, yep. uh, which is a, a foreign invader. Uh, let's see. Paris Peacock, which I mean, that that's the name of a horse that really just wants to, to go and show out. He named it Peacock. <laughs> it's a group three winner uh, in Ireland. Granted, it was all over like softer, uh, you know, softer turf. But you always have to be aware of these these sort of shippers. Uh, I, I don't think it's going, you're supposed to get any weather at uh, at Keeneland this weekend, but if you do, and it comes up a little bit softer then you might really consider this one, I might even really consider, you know, going flippy floppy and uh, putting a uh, Paris Peacock uh, as my top pick, as opposed to uh, Gina Romantica, but yeah. completely going to toss out McCulloch. I think we're going to get other chatted uh, and, and the hierarchy of who Chad loves more. I feel like Peter Brandt 
is the guy uh, as opposed to Seth, Seth Klarevic. Uh, yeah. Who, dude? If I'm still, if I'm dressing like Peter Brandt, like when I'm his age, if I'm not just like dressing with my like my dad wearing like you know a budget rental car shirt from from St. Bart's from like 20 years ago, yeah. I mean, you've done good, man. The man can rock a linen, can rock any sort of fall look. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, Peter Brandt, we see you. We see you, Peter Brandt. I love it. Uh, I also like Paris Peacock quite a bit. Uh, this is a horse that I'm uh, would it, from an exotic standpoint, absolutely going to be playing underneath uh, with McCulloch. And one of the things to point out, if you want to look, Bella Bell, who's in this race, who I actually really like, but I just am usually dead set against West Coast turf horses coming east. Uh, and Raspoli and Keeneland is another issue that I don't want to deal with. And so, uh, you know, for those reasons, I'm going to toss Bella Bell, but Bella Bell has been really good since coming over from Europe. If you compare Bella Bell's time form numbers over in Europe to Paris Peacocks, I mean, Paris Peacocks, like so much faster than Bella Bell uh, in terms of those. So the fact that Bella Bell's five to one and Paris Peacocks 10 to one on the morning line, I would, you know, absolutely run and grab Paris Peacock for that. Uh, love that price. Uh, and I think it would be remiss if we didn't mention the one California angel. This is, of course, the horse that everybody w- kind of fell in love with last year at the Jessamine uh, and, you know, made that huge move and ended up winning and getting to the Breeders' Cup. Has not, the thing is, this horse has not run poorly since then. It's kind of been on dirt sometimes. Now it's back on turf, coming back second off a layoff, actually cutting back a little bit in distance from that last race. There's a lot of things to like about this horse. And again, a little bit like Mikulik, in a small field, she's not going to leave herself that much to do late. And so I, I kind of like that. And I absolutely am going to be including her in some vertical exotics uh, because I, I think she can absolutely get a piece of this board. So I, I did put together a little vertical here. I, I'm using my two top picks on top and a part wheel trifecta. So that's going to be uh, the two seven, which was uh, my, my girl, uh, Gina Romantica, along with Paris Peacock. Then I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to wheel in uh, Mikulik underneath. I could easily see just being a Chad exacta. Uh, mm-hmm. So two seven with two six seven, and then I'm basically going with everybody but the three uh, in the last leg. <laughs> yeah. So you could go ahead and just lock in your show bet for she's gone uh, for for this race. If I'm doing that, six furlong, twenty thousand dollar allowance. Now we've been talking about this main track, talking about how speed favoring it could be. Is it so speed favoring? <laughs> that this race couldn't melt down. I mean, I, I think this could just go full Chernobyl meltdown. I think it could just blow up like the challenger. Like I went ahead and said, yes, it happens. But what did you think? Yeah, it absolutely could. And I think that the question here is whether or not the seven horse feast, who is like the speed of the speed just kind of gets out and, and what everybody else decides to do. If everybody decides this horse may actually like six furlongs may be the max distance for this horse. And so maybe we just sit off and just expect this horse to eventually give in, uh, you know, or did you engage in a speed duel? Ultimately, I, you know, I know I've been a little chalky in this uh, sequence, but ultimately I went with a pretty, pretty big price up top in this last leg. I went with the number nine divine leader. Uh, this is a horse chase. This goes back to something you and I talk about, which is, don't look at how trainers do second off the, or, you know, coming back from a long layoff. Look at how the horse performs coming back from a long layoff. This horse coming off a layoff is three for three and quite frankly ran its three best races coming off a layoff in its career. Came out uh, and 
ran probably its best race last time it got a layoff when it finished second to Baby Yoda down at Gulfstream uh, in an allowance race. And so this is a horse that I just feel like is primed, quite frankly, to run a really big race, getting about a two and a half month freshening, which is exactly what it's gotten in the past. And then it runs these huge races. So like I said, three for three winning off similar layoffs. Uh, really like Edmund Morales, uh, Morales as the jockey. I'm hoping that this horse sits a little bit behind the pace and it doesn't try to engage uh, with the seven, but it, it, it absolutely could go Chernobyl. You're absolutely right about that, but I'm going to take a swing at the number nine divine leader. I watched the Chernobyl miniseries while I was working last night that was on HBO. So I think that's why I have a uh, nuclear meltdown. It's a great series. It is. It's very good. Very good limited series. Uh, yeah talk about the queen being the realist to ever do it still in scars guard you you the realist fam if, it, if i if i want anybody to play a a former soviet uh you know sub captain like in uh the hunt for red october yep. or uh you know just a bureaucrat like in uh in the chernobyl miniseries you give me still in scars guard any day i don't care yep. what price he's leaving the gate at <laughs> so i i i settled on uh number four ultimate um mm-hmm. Timothy Martin always does really well at Oakland and this horse had fantastic, absolutely fantastic Oakland meet uh, during the, uh, the winter and early spring uh, went up to Prairie Meadows, did what you would pretty much expect the horse to do at Prairie Meadows. Now ships down to Keeneland. Um, if this race gets extremely hot, this is the one that I trust to not let the race get more than about three links out in front mm-hmm. and be able to run them down up the middle of the track late. Uh, I, you know, Kylie Jordan, admittedly, I don't know a lot about Kylie Jordan. Um, I know I, this, I know she rides Tyler's tribe, uh, who is okay. like the freakish, uh, two-year-old coming out of Prairie Meadows, who is, you know, going to, which is kind of another horse I'm very excited about. The, the, the Iowa horse that everyone cannot stop talking about. Yeah. I, I'm excited. I just, I want to see what this horse looks like. And it's too bad there's not a juvenile dirt sprint, but I, you know, I'm excited to see where they end up going with uh, with this horse. Which by the way, I am I'm just for the record pro talking Iowa horse. Like, right. dude, my, my wife's family lives, her, her like, aunt and uncle just moved to the same town as Prairie Meadows and, I so wish that it was running during Thanksgiving because I think that's where I would have hit out instead of, <laughs> instead of a best Western. Um, so yeah, I, I like ultimate. Um, I like coming off the layoff. I mean, this horse just doesn't seem to do anything wrong. It's just such a grinder, consistent mm-hmm. performer. We're looking at 19 lifetime starts has hit the trifecta 12 times, but it's so weighted he- heavily with 11 of those being a uh, winter place. So I thought this was a, a good spot. Uh, I still used a couple other horses to round this out. Uh, Saratoga shippers do pretty well when they ship down to Keeneland. So I, I did use the five uh, Montauk daddy for uh, Joe Sharp with uh, Tyler Gaffleyone up, which Tyler Gaffleyone rides really well at Keeneland typically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I also used uh, the eight, my man Flintstone uh, for Ray Hernandez with uh Dude, probably my who I feel like might be the most underrated jock in the Kentucky circuit, uh, Gerardo Corrales. Uh, love, oh, yeah. love Gerardo Corrales, especially when Turfway starts running. So I, I ended up going three deep here and I put another little part wheel trifecta together, uh, using uh, the four who was my, my top pick ultimate, along with the five, uh, Montauk Daddy on top. So I was four, five, four, five, seven, 
two, four, five, seven, eight, eleven, and then horizontal four, five, eight here. So I'm gonna go ahead, Matthew. Go ahead, tell us what you had for this entire pick five, what your ticket cost, and yeah. uh, do any apologizing ahead of time if you feel necessary. <laughs> yeah. So here's the sequence. Uh, starting in race six, I went four, seven, eight, then four, eight, nine, fourteen. One five six, then singling the six in the second last race, and then four nine ten. That is a fifty four dollar fifty cent base pick five ticket. Very affordable. I mean, if you want to talk about not placing any, if you don't plan on placing any other waiters that day, you can pop in your fifty four and watch the entire back half of the card. And basically, yep. buy fun for that much. I went just a touch more expensive. Mine was sixty dollars at a fifty cent base, where I was three four seven in the first leg. Three, four, seven, eight, eleven in the second, singling the one in the third, then two, seven in the fourth, and rounding it out with the four, five, eight. There's a lot of parity between our two tickets. There's also, I mean, you know, we we just uh, elected to single in different spots, and yeah. uh, your single is just a horse that I, I decided to to zag around. Uh, I might have gotten way too cute, quite honestly, but yeah, I think it's interesting. You and I. You and I have some deviation on the last leg. I mean, we do both like the four, but then the other two are a little bit different. And so there's there's some, it's interesting. I mean, I think we approach the general sequence the same way in terms of realizing you have to single somewhere because you have to, there are some of these early, particularly the maidens and, and some of the, maybe the last race feels like a spread. And so you you have to be very strategic about where you're going to single and go a little, little, little skinny in the sequence. So considering that we start off with two fairly tough maiden races Mm -hmm. uh, and with you singling McCulloch, who would be the favorite here, if your ticket hits around what kind of range do you think you get paid? Oh, wow. Well, I mean, I I know know. it's hard because you have multiple things for for each leg, but just kind of ballpark it. Oh, geez. I would I wouldn't even, oh gosh, I don't know, Chase. What do you think? I mean, where, where do you, what do you, because our tickets are around the same price. Um, yeah. I mean, using some of these horses, of course, I once again haven't looked at the, at the morning lines yet, but yeah. I would say, I'm not sure what the pool size, I would put anywhere from, I'd say if yours comes in anywhere from $750 to 1500 That's interesting. I, I was, I was going to say eight to 12. So that that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so you went over. You went over, so you do not win the dinette set from Drew Carey. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. This is I. Oh, I should have gone seven fifty one. No, yeah. uh, <laughs> dude, I would be that guy who always bid one dollar over the person who is right next to me to just drive them absolutely insane. Yeah, I mean, with mine, I, there's not really too you know a, a ton of variation from it, except for the fact that if McCulloch doesn't win, then I've got. Two, yeah. you know, two shots that aren't going to be taking near as much money. So I put mine somewhere maybe twelve hundred to twenty two hundred range, which I know yeah. that's a thousand dollar gap, but still, I mean, that's the the best I can estimate it right now. Yeah, and and you never know how you know again where the money ends up going, what the pool size ends up being. I mean, a lot of other variability here, and uh, you know, maiden races in particular can be. It could be interesting sometimes to watch the lines on those maiden races because all of a sudden you can be like, oh, shoot, they know. Like, somebody yeah. knows. Like, you know, it's like, oh, there's a monster in this field that nobody else knew about until, like, you know, everybody that's there at the mornings. So that sometimes can be a little bit of a dead giveaway, too, where you're like, oh, I thought I was going to get eight to one on this horse. And it's going off at six to five. And like, all right, fine. How do you feel knowing that I, that 
in this sequence, there are two Dale Romans horses, and I used, I believe, neither. You- I, I'm surprised that we haven't sacrificed the live goat. I'm surprised that, yeah. uh, <laughs> quite frankly, I'm surprised that, you know, Dale has not come and just cut out our feet already. Uh, yeah. You know, this is, honest to God, very surprising that you are not going with the Dale Romans horse after... Yeah. You and I, especially during Derby prep season, man alive, we went back and forth talking about Dale Roman I threw a lot of money at some Dale Romans horses just for spiritual purposes. Praise be to the Dale Tar. Huzzah. <laughs> that is going to wrap it up for us here at the Notorious OTV. You've got some cool videos that you've been putting out uh, recently with uh, you know, your Keeneland picks that's, uh, that are on YouTube. Uh, you you want to tell the folks with that more about them, where they can find them? Yeah, absolutely. So you can always find me on Twitter at the handle at Failed to Menace. And yeah, I've been putting out a couple of different things. One, I do a countdown to Keeneland show every week where I give Breeders' Cup updates, just let you know who's in, who's out. We're going to be doing some deep dives into the different divisions in the weeks coming up to this, really kind of getting into these fields that are going to be do, uh, doing it. But then also doing a weekly show called Capping the Card, where I go race one through the end and cap the entire card. But I keep it a little simpler than this, not necessarily looking at sequences. I just give my up top pick and a top value pick uh, and try to keep it a little bit simple. So I think it's helpful for beginners, honestly, and kind of people just starting out. If you want to put a win bet on somebody, if you want to put a, an exacto together, that sort of thing could be helpful. But uh, you can just follow that, follow me on Twitter at the handle at Failed to Menace to get all that content. So go check that out. It is always good stuff. You know where to find me, at of Oaklawn. I'm always out there being abrasive on Twitter. Give the show the follow, at Notorious underscore OTB. And, uh, you know, subscribe, like, give us a review, all of that. Uh, hell, tweet us questions. Whatever you want, we'll get to it. That's going to be it for us here at the Notorious OTB, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We'll get your juices flowing because it's almost Breeders' Cup time. We will see you next time. <laughs>